Welcome to the Ship Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, October 29th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. You know, I think the only thing transitory about inflation at this point is the notion that inflation is transitory. I mean, I don't think anybody really believes the transitory inflation narrative at this point. Now, the mainstream is still kind of holding on to the idea that, you know, it's a little transitory. It's not going to last forever. But there's obviously a lot more concern about inflation out there in the markets right now than there was, say, six months ago. In fact, we're even starting to hear talk about hyperinflation. You may have heard that Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey warned in a tweet that hyperinflation is coming. He said, quote, hyperinflation is going to change everything. It's happening. And then responding to comments, Jack tweeted, it will happen in the U.S. soon and so the world. So Jack is also the CEO of Square. If you're not familiar with that, it's one of the larger internet payment platforms. So, you know, it's not like this is just some social media dude spouting off. He knows something about money. But hyperinflation? Eh, I don't know. Hyperinflation does have a technical definition. It means price increases of 50% per month. Now, stagflation a combination of rising prices and low economic growth, that already appears to be rearing its ugly head. But could we really see hyperinflation in the U.S.? Of course, we're nowhere near that at this point. We haven't even had a 1% month-on-month price increase as hot as inflation is. Hyperinflation is you know, multiples more than what we're seeing now. So the mainstream pretty much universally poo-pooed Jack's comments. The consensus is hyperinflation is impossible. But is it, though? I mean, no, clearly it's not impossible. Hyperinflation is a thing. It has happened. So it's obviously not impossible. Now, it's far less likely to see inflation or hyperinflation with the dollar serving as the reserve currency. There's a huge demand for dollars globally, but there isn't an unlimited demand for dollars, right? I mean, at some point, and nobody knows what that point is, the world will look at the financial condition of the U.S. and say, eh, we don't want any more of this monopoly money. The U.S. has a lot of rope to play with, but even the longest rope has an end. If the Fed continues with inflationary policies indefinitely, the system will eventually break down. I mean, that's just economics. The real question is, where is that point? And I have no clue. I do know this. We are definitely in an inflationary spiral. It's crystal clear that inflation will run hotter, longer than the mainstream anticipated just a few months ago. The CPI came in higher than expected yet again in September. Year on year, the CPI was at 5.4% last month. It was the fifth consecutive month that year-over-year inflation came in above 5%. And the rate rises to 6.5% if we just project the inflation levels for the first nine months of 2021 to the entire calendar year. Now, Remember, this is based on the government numbers. Keep in mind, the methodology to derive CPI was deliberately designed to understate the true increase in the cost of living. I think a more realistic CPI right now is north of 10%. Somebody posted an interesting question on Facebook the other day. They said, or they asked, 
how long will it be before the government reformulates the CPI calculation again? You know, they did that back in the 90s, right? The powers that be decided that the old CPI calculus that gave us double-digit inflation in the 1970s overstated rising prices. So they just created a new formula. Sorry to all of you who suffered through the 70s. That really didn't happen. It was just a formula error. So anyway, the Facebook question is pretty legit. With inflation running way over the mythical 2% target, it would not come as a shock if the government decided to remake the CPI formula again. I mean, if you can't beat inflation, just hide it, right? Or pretend like it's a good thing. The mainstream has done a fantastic job of selling that BS, this idea that an economy needs rising prices to be healthy. Once you concede that silliness, then it's really just a matter of degree. For years, they've said 2%. But why? Why 2%? What's magical about 2%? If 2% is good, why not 3%? Maybe 4%. In fact, this idea has been floated already recently. Raise the inflation target. Greg Ip floated that idea last month in a Wall Street Journal article. I can't remember if I talked about it on the show or not. I know I wrote an article about it, so I'll put a link to that in the show notes page. Anyway, the point is, we have significant inflation now. No, not hyperinflation, but it's certainly at historic levels. We're seeing 1970s-style inflation. Even Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell has been forced to admit that inflation isn't looking quite so transitory. On the same day that Dorsey warned of hyperinflation, Powell conceded that inflation pressures are likely to last longer than previously expected, and he projected that they could run, quote, well into next year. People have short memories, right? I don't think it really registers just how much Powell has changed his tune. I mean, it was just a few months ago that he was saying that we'd see big price increases for a few months. Now it's well into next year. And and then what? Well, you know, supposedly we'll go back to normal inflation of 2%. Now, keep in mind, all of these prices aren't going to go back down. Whatever prices are when inflation cools off, whenever that may be, that's just going to be the new normal. So we're going to see 2% price increases on top of whatever you know the inflation ends up being when it's all said and done. Now, here's the thing. We have inflation. And even Powell admits it's not as transitory as he thought it would be. But the Fed still isn't doing anything about it other than talking. You know, despite some fretting about rising prices and, you know, the taper talk, the Federal Reserve continues to run the exact same extraordinary quantitative easing program that it launched at the onset of the coronavirus pandemic. Interest rates are locked in at zero. There is no hint that the Fed is going to raise them anytime soon. While the money supply growth has slowed a bit, it continues to expand at an alarmingly high rate. Now, I honestly do think the Fed is probably going to try to taper soon, maybe even before the end of the year. But that's spitting on an inferno. Slowing down money creation a little bit isn't going to stop these rising prices. And as far as interest rates go, that's not going to happen until late next year, right? So they say. And they'll then they'll do what? They're going to raise rates, what, 25, maybe 50 basis points? That's supposed to stop double-digit inflation? No, it's not. So the monetary policy that is driving inflation, the monetary policy that literally is inflation, 
is going to continue despite really high inflation. That is the recipe for hyperinflation, right? But don't worry, that can't happen here. Janet Yellen said so. The Treasury Secretary said she sees no risk of the Fed losing control of inflation, and she predicted that CPI will return to normal by late 2022. No risk. I mean, how can she say that? Of course there's a risk. The central bank has printed trillions of dollars, not just over the last 18 months, but really over the last several decades. There is already significant pent-up inflationary pressures in the economy. And the Fed is just talking about this itty-bitty little taper. Remember, Paul Volcker had to push rates to 20% in order to tame the inflation of the 1970s. If we have an even bigger inflationary fire now, wouldn't rates have to go conceivably even higher to put it out? There is no way that's going to happen. Honestly, I think a rate increase even to say 2% would collapse this economy. The entire economy is built on easy money, and monetary stimulus. If you take away the easy money and the stimulus, the whole house of cards falls down. That's why Powell and Yellen and the rest of them are so invested in telling you inflation isn't really a problem. They need it not to be a problem, because if it is a problem, they can't do a damn thing about it. So, I'm not inclined to think hyperinflation is a likely scenario, but it's certainly a scenario. And as I mentioned on the top of the show, I think it's pretty clear we're in a legitimate inflationary spiral. By this, I mean prices rise, and then to cope with rising prices, companies raise prices. Higher prices mean higher costs, and that leads to more price hikes. Once the spiral starts, it's really hard to stop. You know prices are going up because you feel it in your wallet, right? But consumer prices are only part of the inflation equation. Producers of goods and services also face rising prices in an inflationary environment. Producer price increases have been even more dramatic than the rise in CPI over the last several months, and we're starting to see those higher prices trickle down to consumers. This is yet another indication that inflation is far from transitory. The producer price index in September was 0.5% month-on-month. Final demand goods prices were up 1.3% on the heels of a 1% gain in August. Year-on-year, the PPI came in at 8.6% in September. Now, so far, the CPI has lagged the PPI. That means that consumer prices are increasing more slowly than producer prices. Many producers, I think, dragged their feet when it came to passing on higher costs to their customers as the inflation started to heat up. I think they really initially bought into the transitory inflation narrative, and they thought if they could just hold out for a few months, their costs would come back down. But it's becoming increasingly clear that these price increases are forever. So as the transitory inflation narrative continues to unwind, more companies are passing on their higher costs to their customers. And this will likely continue that inflationary spiral. There was a Reuters article on this subject this week. It said that large U.S. manufacturing companies, including General Motors, General Electric, 3M, and Boeing, are struggling with higher costs, quote, but they agreed the hit to profits can be mitigated by charging higher prices for their goods. Well, yeah, duh. And that's exactly what they're doing. 
Here's a few examples. On Wednesday, Harley-Davidson announced it will increase surcharge pricing in the U.S. to offset its higher costs. The company said it is also exploring raising surcharge costs globally. In its most recent earnings report, McDonald's said it has increased prices to keep pace with its surging costs. Meanwhile, 3M cut its full-year earnings outlook and said it will raise prices. 3M produces a wide range of construction and building products, so its price hikes will likely ripple through the construction market. And of course, I think I talked about last month, FedEx announced huge hikes to its shipping rates. So, of course, Once companies raise these prices, they rarely drop them back down, right? Do you really expect that all of these prices are going to magically start to drop? Now, of course, some companies are going to be reluctant to raise prices, you know, for whatever reason, maybe because of market dynamics or, uh, you know, just they don't want to pass those costs on or they can't for whatever reason. But companies that hold off on raising prices in order to offset their costs, risk crushing their earnings. And of course, that would not bode well for a stock market that continues to basically ignore inflation and rising prices and surge on to new records. Peter Schiff did a really good podcast this week on the irrational exuberance in the stock market casino. I'll link to that one in the show notes page. Don't really have time to get into all of that today, but definitely check that article out and check out that podcast. Now, You know, all of this is really just because of supply chain bottlenecks, right? And yes, that is a big problem. You're hearing it from companies all across the country. But the mainstream continues to ignore the bigger driver of inflation, the Federal Reserve. The Fed continues to create inflation at breakneck speed. Despite taper talk and, you know, open mouth operations, the Fed has continued the emergency monetary policy that it initiated at the beginning of the pandemic. I've said this several times. I can't emphasize it enough. The Fed continues to to create billions of dollars out of thin air every single month. Virtually every week, the balance sheet expands to a new record level as the central bank continues to pump all of this money into the economy. So, you know, whether it's caused by supply chain problems, Fed policy, or some combination thereof, the continued rise in prices undercuts the transitory inflation narrative. The bottom line is there is more money coming out of your wallet for the things that you buy every day. You are paying more and you're buying less. So here's the question. How do you protect your wealth from this craziness? Well, A Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist can help you figure that out. Give them a call, 1-888-GOLD-160, or you can shoot them an email to info at shiftgold.com. These guys are fantastic. They can help you you look at your own portfolio, your own financial situation, figure out how precious metals can fit into your investment strategy. So do that today. So that is a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories that I've talked about and more. And of course, you can keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week over at shiftgold.com slash news. Uh, We've got a guy that's been writing for us for a couple of months now that's doing some more technical analysis if you're interested in that kind of thing. So check that out. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at Apple Podcasts. Uh, We're on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. We're on Stitcher. You'll find links to that stuff along with our uh, social media pages over on the show notes page. I appreciate you listening to the show. I hope you have a fantastic week. 
and I'll talk to you next week.